Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. Hello, Bayside. Mark Connor here. Always good to be together with you, even if it is for our online church services again on the weekend. I hope you're traveling well. Lots of good news lately with the number of coronavirus cases coming way, way down here in Melbourne. And of course, our freedom's beginning to open up. I'm sure we're all really pleased to see that. It's been really tough, and uh, I know it's been a difficult time for so many of us. But as you watch the overseas news and see the cases rapidly increasing in places like Europe and America, I think we can all be thankful to be living in the world's greatest city here in Melbourne, Australia, and many of you around the Bay. Uh, I don't know about you, but probably the, the toughest thing during this pandemic has been not being able to see family and friends and to catch up with them in person. Uh, you know, just to be able to sit down, have a drink and hang out together. Zoom's great, but I, I don't know about you, I think we've all got a bit of Zoom fatigue, just a little bit over looking at a screen for another hour. And so really looking forward to being able to see people in person. And as we look around Melbourne, many of the restaurants and cafes are bustling now. And so that's a really great thing to see. Uh, as humans, we have been created for relationship. Uh, we have this innate need to belong, to be part of a tribe and then to connect on a regular basis. Uh, we were created for community. You probably heard that statement of God in Genesis 2 verse 18, it is not good that Adam be alone. Now, Adam wasn't lonely, had lots of animals everywhere, uh, walked and talked with God in the evening. He wasn't lonely, but he was alone. And as a solitary human being, he couldn't reflect the image of God because God is community, Father, Son, and Spirit, three in one, the, the first small group, if you will. And so God created Eve. It wasn't just about marriage and family. It was about community and the fact that we're all designed to relate and to love and to be loved. The last couple of times I've shared with you at Bayside, we've been talking about improving your emotional well-being, last time improving your physical health. And so today I want to talk about how to improve our relationships, such a very important part of all of our lives. You know, Jesus didn't just come to earth to die on a cross and then rise again and go back to heaven. Jesus came to show us how to live. And so his life is an example for us. And so as you read the gospel narratives, it's interesting to look at Jesus and how he did life. And one of the things you'll notice is that he did life in relationship with others. He wasn't a loner. He wasn't just up on a mountain by himself. He did life in community. And so today we're going to read a, a story, a narrative of an interaction between Jesus and some of his friends and I think glean some insights from it to help us in our relationships today. I'm reading Matthew 26, verses 36 to 38 from the NIV, and this is what Matthew tells us. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. He said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. To the point of death, would you stay here and keep watch with me? It's a very interesting insight, a very interesting window into the life of Jesus at a really critical and pressured moment in his journey and the importance of friends being around him. Uh, notice, first of all, that Jesus had circles of relationship in his life. 
We know earlier on that Jesus interacted with thousands of people. Uh, he, he loved the crowds and crowds of people would gather around him to, to hear his teaching, to be prayed for and ministered to by him. And so Jesus had a crowd in his life. And then we learn that he had at least 70 disciples who he was training. Luke 10 tells us this, and he was investing in them, training them as his followers. And then we have his 12 disciples, his small group, his connect group, if you will. And uh, right in this story, you see he's with those 12 disciples. And he, he spent a lot of time with them, uh, invested in those relationships. And then he had within the 12, he had Peter, James and John, three of those disciples, and these were his closest friends. And in this story, it starts with the 12 together. And then he pulls aside three of his closest friends, Peter, James and John. And then we're told that John was Jesus' best friend. Of course, it's John that tells us that. So maybe they all felt that they were his best friend. But I want you to notice these circles of relationship in the life of Jesus. The crowd, the 70, the 12, the 3 and the 1. And so the first thing we observe from this narrative is that relationships are spatial in that they can be seen as occurring in a series of concentric circles. And so you and I too, we have a crowd in our life. And these are the hundreds, if not thousands of people that we will interact with during our lifetime. We have many, many acquaintances. That's the outer circle, the crowd in our world. Then we have our casual friends. Uh, these are people we know by name and connect with from time to time. Uh, think about your neighbours, think about your work associates or maybe some of your classmates. Uh, think about family or church members, uh, people in our connect group, people that you know by name. And we've got a whole bunch of casual friends that uh, are closer than the broader crowd. The next inner circle is what we could call our close friends. These are people we spend more time with and with whom we have a lot in common. We actually enjoy their company and we make an effort to hang out together with them. These are our close friends. And then the inner or the smaller circle, what you could call our best friends. And if you've got one or two best friends, then you're a really blessed person. And so we have this constellation of relationships. Uh, there's a spatial arrangement of the friendships that we have. How do you find a best friend? How do you get one or two best friends? Well, it all starts with choosing to be friendly and making lots of acquaintances. You know, the more people you meet and interact with in different settings in your world, the more opportunities you have to make close friends. Of course, it's an inexact science and it can be an awkward process. But as we make time and as we invest effort into the acquaintances and the people that we meet, often good and close and possibly best friendships emerge over time. I remember back when I was about 18 or 19, I'd been living in America for 10 years and so I came back to Australia. It'd been 10 years, I didn't really know many people, got involved in my church, it was Waverly Christian Fellowship at the time and I started volunteering in the music ministry and we were meeting in a gymnasium in those days in Glen Waverley, church was a couple of hundred people. And don't forget uh, after church one day, the meeting finished and I got up from the piano and everyone kind of went to their friends and I was kind of looking around, I just looked across the room and that's one benefit of being tall like me. Uh, and I saw uh, someone across the room about my age and, and hadn't met him before, didn't recognize him, must have been visiting. He was actually starting to head out the door. And I, I just kind of made a beeline through the crowd and just went and tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, my, my name's Mark, what's yours? He goes, oh, I'm Peter. 
And so, yeah, a little awkward, but we just started chatting and, uh, hey, what are you up to? He was in uni and um, started talking to him about sport and we happened to both be play, really into basketball. I said, oh, we're actually starting a bit of a team up. We're practicing on Saturday. You, you want to come and join us? And so he came on Saturday. Anyway, fast forward, we ended up playing basketball together for many, many years. We were in each other's wedding. Uh, we became really good friends. In fact, when I came on church staff a few years later, he ended up on church staff. We worked together. Uh, how did that all happen? He became a very close friend. You know what? It all started with a walk across a room. If I hadn't walked across that room to that day and said, hi, my name's Mark, we would have never had a friendship. And so I want to encourage you to break out of your comfort zone. It can be a little awkward. It can be a little uneasy. But just make those introductions as we're friendly, as we meet lots of people, then the possibility of close friendships emerges from that. I'm not saying every person you meet each week is going to be your best friend, but you never know. Uh, who you're meeting today, and what providence may be behind that relationship. Uh, relationships also change over time and in different seasons and in different circumstances. Four years ago, uh, my wife and I, we moved up to Queensland for a couple of years. So we left the suburb we're in, the church we're in, the network of friends we're in, went to a totally different place. And so we had new neighbours and we ended up making new friends and forming new relationships. Some previous relationships continued, but a whole bunch of new ones emerged. And then a few years ago, we moved back to Melbourne. We moved to a different suburb in Melbourne. So again, meeting new neighbours, new friends, new circumstances. And so that's important for us to realise. Maybe you're in a new job. Maybe you've just become a part of Bayside or maybe you moved to a new suburb or moved from school into the workplace. As we change the context we're in, uh, some friendships continue through those different seasons, but some friendships are based on those relationships. And as you move into a new environment, they may not be the same. You might have someone who was close that's now a bit more of an acquaintance. And that's just part of the journey of life. You know, there's a, a few rare relationships that transcend all the circumstantial changes in our life. I was just thinking this week of a, a friend that's still a friend for me, and, and I met him. His name is Royce. And uh, when our family moved to America, I was about nine, and uh, a family in the church, Neil Iverson was his name, and he came and uh, picked us up uh, from the airport and welcomed us into the church. We had dinner at their home that night. I was about nine, ten. And he had two sons, and one of them was Royce. Royce was a year younger than me, but we kind of met that night, ended up uh, being in the same school together, and fast forward over 40 years now, Royce and I are still good friends. Uh, again, we haven't seen each other for years. He was in Africa for 10 years as a missionary. I came back to Australia. But a couple of times every year, um, we'll chat on the phone, and it's just like we were together again. And it's one of those mutual friendships. I'm not chasing him. He's not chasing me. We both have a mutual interest. And it's a friendship that's transcended all of the various seasons of our life. And if you've got a friend like that, again, you're a very blessed person. And so I wonder today, what's your relational constellation? Uh, who's where and why? You know, who's your crowd? Who's your 70? Who's your 12? Who's your three? Who's your one? Just have a think about your relationships in that sense of proximity. And are there some changes that have happened that you simply need to acknowledge or need to make? It's not as if we get rid of people in our life, but sometimes people that have been really close, maybe it's not that you cut off those friendships, but maybe they're a little further out 
in the relational circle. And maybe there's some others that you've just met that would be really, really beneficial for you to, to invest and to bring them in and develop those friendships. You know, all relationships can either be draining or emotionally replenishing. And we all have relationships that they're a little bit of a drain when we catch up. It's, it's a little bit difficult. But we have other relationships that there's an emotional replenishment, a mutuality in them. And those are the friendships that's really important that we invest in and that we put time and effort towards. And so are there some friendships, some relationships in your life that need some attention right now? You know, all relationships require nurturing. And if you don't put time and effort in, relationships can tend to deteriorate or disappear altogether. And so are there some friendships, some relationships that in your world right now just need some time, a phone call, a catch-up, a coffee, a walk, uh, just to invest into that relationship. That's the first thing we notice from this story about Jesus is just to think about the constellation of your friendships. Uh, the other insight for today is the power of authenticity. Notice Jesus' openness and vulnerability in this interaction. Let's have a look at it again. Jesus went with his disciples, that's the 12, to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. Then he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's the three, along with him, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. New Living Translation says, anguished and distressed. Then he said to them, the three, not the 12, not the 70, not the crowd, his three best friends, he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. New Living Translation says, I'm, I'm crushed with grief. To the point of death, would you stay here and keep watch with me? Another insight about relationship is that the degree of openness in any relationship determines the degree of closeness in that friendship. Uh, notice Jesus being incredibly vulnerable. He's saying, I'm feeling overwhelmed. He's not speaking to the crowd, not speaking to the seven, not to the twelve. Three of his best friends, he's saying, I'm really doing it tough now. Would you pray with me? Uh, I think I shared a story with you a few years ago. Um, I once had a lunch with a pastor. who's a friend of mine. And uh, we sat down over lunch and I said, hey, how's it going? He goes, awesome. And he started telling me all the great things happening in his life and ministry and church. And anyway, he finished and kind of wound down. He says, how are you doing? <laughs> and I thought, will I do the awesome thing or will I be honest? And I chose the latter. I said, well, it's actually been a little tough lately. Had a few challenges at home, a few things happening at work. And I just kind of opened up my world to him. You know, the entire nature of the conversation changed. In fact, when I was finished, he, he goes, actually, I'm not doing too well myself. We had a real heart-to-heart, -heart, honest, real conversation. You know, openness encourages openness. And authenticity and vulnerability are essential if you want to develop close friendships. You know, this is not easy, particularly in a world where image is everything and having it all together is kind of the thing we want to aim for. The truth is we don't always have it together. Sometimes we're doing it really tough and we all need people in our world, safe friends who can say, how are you doing really? And have the time to listen and have us share. And so if you've got a safe friend in your life, again, you're a really blessed person. If you don't, then take some steps today to develop your friendship circles, to build your relationships. And hopefully over time, some safe people will emerge. And what an incredible gift they are. Now, just a little tip here. Not everyone knows how to handle our openness. I mean, how did Jesus' best three friends support him in his moment of great trauma while they fell asleep? 
<laughs> That's one prayer meeting you don't want to fall asleep in. Jesus' prayer meeting. Yeah, they're snoring away while he's going through this gut-wrenching moment in his life. And some people don't always have to handle our openness. Nevertheless, Jesus is modeling the power of vulnerability and authenticity and being real and something healing, something wholesome, something replenishing happens just when we share what's happening on the inside of us. And so I want to encourage you in your relationships, uh, develop a greater degree of openness. And even if someone doesn't ask how you're doing, just to be able to go, hey, you know, I've had a really tough week this week. You know, just uh, a week or so ago, Nicole and I were... Uh, just had a couple of days. We're both working from home, of course, because of coronavirus. And uh, we just both had a couple of days where we felt really lethargic and just really flat, really down, a bit unmotivated, kind of hard to concentrate and get into the work. We're just sharing that with each other. And I found as I then do, did a few Zoom calls, had a couple of coaching appointments, a couple of webinars that week, I just went, hey, I don't know about you, but I had a bit of a tough week. We had a couple of days where it was just really hard to get going. It just launched out with that. And you wouldn't believe how many people, probably eight out of 10 says, me too. Wow, I, you know, I felt that way also and just had some really meaningful conversation just by leading with openness, by being real. Don't have to wear the mask, don't have to act like it's all fine, just to go, uh, hey, this is how I'm doing today. And so I want to encourage you in that in your relationships. And so let's recap our main points today. We're talking about how to improve our relationships. Firstly, relationships are vital for our well-being. Please don't do life alone. We're all much better when we're part of a tribe, in community, connected with others. Uh, secondly, relationships are spatial. Uh, we can view them as a constellation of relationships, of concentric circles. And so what, what, what's your arrangement of friendships right now? Thirdly, relationships change over time. Different seasons, different times, our relational uh, connections usually change. Uh, all relationships need nurturing. They need time, a little bit like a flower or a garden. If you don't water them, if you don't take the weeds out, if you don't address them and give them attention, they tend to deteriorate. And finally, the degree of openness determines the degree of closeness in any friendship. So I wonder which one of those insights were most relevant to you today. Again, what you hear doesn't change you. It's only what you do with what you hear. Was there just one aspect of relationships that really spoke to you. I want to pray that you'll have the courage to do something about that today and throughout this week. You know, everyone's been using this term social distancing. Uh, I actually don't like that term. I think we need to be physically distant. Uh, that's appropriate. And whether you've got to wear a mask or stay a certain distance, but hopefully we aren't socially distancing because we actually need to be socially connected right now. You know, here at Bayside, I know for Pastor Rob and Christy and the rest of the leadership team, our desire is that none of you do life alone. And so that's why Bayside has connect groups and special interest groups. There's Facebook Live and uh, during the week, there's so many opportunities to connect. Um, maybe just making an effort to phone someone this week or uh, do a FaceTime catch-up or a Zoom catch-up or go for a walk or have a picnic together. Get outside of your world, make an effort to connect and Find some people with common interests and, and hobbies and maybe a sport or, or maybe a passion. You've got an area you're really passionate about. There's some great ministries here at Bayside. And when you begin to serve, uh, as you serve together, you develop some great friendships along the way, just as you do in a connect or a small group. And so I'd encourage you to think of some of those steps for you today. As we come to pray, 
uh, a final thought. What a friend we have in Jesus. You know, you may be feeling a little alone today. You may be listening and saying, well, I've got a crowd, but I don't have any close friends. You know, Jesus is the best, best friend. And I pray that you'll know him and sense his love today. And he will lead you and guide you as you develop your relationships. And so let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for modeling through the life of Jesus the importance of relationships, not doing life alone. And I'm praying for everyone listening to the message today. For those that have got a great range of friendships, Lord, help them to be grateful and not take those for granted. But there'll be others today that are feeling alone, feeling isolated, maybe just came to a new context and don't feel like they have anyone. Jesus, would you be that friend that sticks closer than a brother or sister? May each person know you today, your incredible love for them, your faithfulness to them. And I pray here at Bayside, we would all be incredibly good friends. We would value the friendships we have and we'd all make an effort to improve those relationships even this coming week. I pray your blessing on the entire Bayside community, everyone joining us today or listening to the podcast, whatever that may be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope that today's message on improving your relationships has been helpful to you and you've got one or two things to apply to your life today and throughout this week. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.